This ain't just a toy story or a four in a box These in. are the stories of action, toy, glory, and work clocking S-H, fake UI's, black series, are hot toys and figures with transformation sequences that make noise Check out the joints and the many points of articulation We're celebrating the global collector nation Sit back, relax, and get ready to rock this Here's the real challenge Welcome, Welcome to Shelf Conscious On this episode, I have an amazing guest His YouTube channel is Art G's Collection You can also find him on Instagram Please welcome to Shelf Conscious, Art Guterres, better known as Art G. What's up, Art? Hey, what's up, Keith? Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. This is amazing to me that <laughs> <laughs> you would reach out. Because um, to be in the likes of, you know, all the people that you've already interviewed in the past, thank you for giving me this opportunity. To of be course. Of course. I love your channel. You know, I, I we were just talking before we started recording about, like, toy hunt videos and unboxings and everything. So... I, I one of your channel is one of my favorite toy hunt channels on YouTube. So it's an honor for me to talk to you uh, because, you know, I kind of became aware of you. You had won a prize pack from the Nerds of Color for some Snake Eyes gear. And so you, you threw up that uh, unboxing video. And ever since I was like, oh, shit, I, I need to check out all of Art's videos. So you've been you've been on the regular rotation ever since. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I was I was completely humbled when I was chosen <laughs> and, uh, i was like oh this is really cool just because because you know snake eyes was just brand new hasn't been really released or was it maybe it came out for like a week or two um yeah i don't think it was out yet because i think like it was like it was a bunch of like gear and then like free tickets for the movie yeah yeah so i was like i haven't seen the movie yet i would love to get tickets for it so that's really cool um but to get picked i was like, yes that's it's really cool <laughs> So doing that unboxing was a lot of fun. I, I was just floored because I know Steve Aoki and his Dimma collection. So I think my wife might have had something from them mm-hmm. before. She knew Dimmock before I did. I was like, I have no clue what's going on, but it was cool. I was I was really, really grateful for that. Of course. No, I mean, it, it, and for what it's worth, just so people aren't like, did you guys rig it or whatever? completely random and like i said I, I that's how i think it was after that i realized you and i were in cincy's collecting group and then i guess we just after the whole snake eyes exchange we, we kind of friended each other on facebook and and like i said i subscribed to your channel and everything so just full disclosure yeah. <laughs> was not rigged i did not like make art like select them out of, it was totally random but uh congratulations on that and uh I, but again thank you for for being on shelf conscious because I just love talking to folks, fellow collectors, and you know, you you said you've seen the show, and one of the things I like to ask folks is like, what got you into it? Like, you're a proud adult collector, but was that always the case? Did you have like a break? What was the, what was the Ooh. thing that made you say, you know what, I'm a middle aged man, but I don't give a shit. I will proudly <laughs> display my toys in my in my room. What 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 was right. the, what was the like kicker for you? No, you know what? I don't know if there was a kicker. The thing is, though, even as a kid, I mean, we all have our um, toys that we played with and collected. So as a child, I focused a lot of toys on G.I. Joe and Ninja Turtles. That was it. I, if I had money to go to Toys R Us, Kitty City, KB Toys, all of them, I would have my four dollars <laughs> my gi joe or my ninja turtle and i and I, the worst part is i was that kid who opened their toys carefully but then when i was done playing with them i put them right back into that cardboard box. oh nice <laughs> I, I cut it open like a crazy person I was like oh i could put everything away and put everything back um because these were like back in the day of the bubble cards. It wasn't like nowadays Marvel Legends where you can just slide the tray in and out. You oh, had to yeah. like it was, it was peel a it, card. like use a use a like hot blow dryer to like peel the the, the bubble <laughs> off the card, right? I um, but as of course as you grow up, they kind of got put away in storage, and I think in college that's where I kind of started going back into collecting again because anime came into my life mm. I had no idea what anime was toonami was like my introduction to anime <laughs> um so that two-hour block in like afternoon during high school or something like that and or in, or in college i 
enjoyed Dragon Ball. It was, the, of course, it was new to me. And then meeting all, meeting all my new friends from college, they're like, that stuff is so old. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> they were kids and they watched it. I, was like, I had no idea. Um, but I, I, I got into Gundam. I got into Dragon Ball. Um, and I discovered uh, Suncoast Video. If you remember that stuff. yeah yeah in the, like in the mall right like the, the, the video mall. stores in the mall yep and sam goody and they sold all the different collectibles for anime as well as the vhs tapes which i did collect a lot of anime dvds and vhs tapes so i started collecting those bandai toys or toynami toys um they weren't very much articulated <laughs> but it did it's justice for an anime character on your shelf so i loved it. and building gundams that was always fun for me as well um so i had that stuff and that was all in college i didn't buy a lot but i got enough to like you know have a nice display on for what i was doing yeah uh, and then it just it just kicked up into marvel legends maybe about like five or six years ago and I saw the first one I saw was um, Rogue from the Juggernaut Wave. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, my X Men! I can't believe there's like this beautiful Rogue figure that that looks so good. <laughs> Just not like the old Toy Biz four inch, right? <laughs> right. But this one, and I was like, wow, this looks really cool. And I was wondering, what the hell is this leg? in here <laughs> right the build a figure because that was a that's a recent uh they didn't have build a figures back in the 80s and 90s right and i looked on the back of it and i was like oh you can build a juggernaut <laughs> this is really cool i i had no idea so that was all new to me it was really crazy and i think during this time when the juggernaut wave came around it was when the black and red box of the black series just kind of like relaunched itself with the whole new Star Wars episode seven. So, oh, okay, right, right. So when you when that just started being released, where you saw Ray and Finn and all that, so I started seeing that as well. I was like, oh, this this is from the new movie that's not even out yet. So I started picking some of those up, and that's kind of where it all kind of. So really, the last like like you said, the last five or so years was, yeah. it kind of kicked into gear. Cause that's the thing, you know, in, 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 it's funny how much toys have evolved even in the last five years. Cause like, to your point, when those Force Awakens figures came out, it was like, Black Series was around a couple years before that, but like the, yeah. the evolution from three and three quarter to six inch was like a big evolution. But then like now, if you look at you know marvel legends now specifically the mcu ones or like the black series figures with the digital print and everything like right compare those to even though that first wave of force awakens figures oh it's God. like night and day and and part of like why i'm more of a collector now than i was even 10 15 years ago is that the quality of toys like mass market mainstream walmart target toys are so much better than like they were just like five six years ago oh completely i yeah I, I can look at that ray figure and then compare it to the new digital facing i it's it is night and day and it's amazing and it makes me the the head sculpt is what does it for me mm -hmm. if they have a good digital face print now or a sculpt either one i am sold on it right away because i'm sure the body and everything is going to be perfectly fine because they it's just that face the moment you have that face and it looks accurate as anything i'm sold is that the thing for you because it's different for different folks right because some people oh, yeah. like their preference is the articulation if it's not articulated they don't want it uh for some it's the sculpt for some it's the paint like what is it is it because i think you and i are similar here to me it's like the likeness like i i prefer like my marvel legends collection is like 95% MCU just because I like the like you said the accuracy that if it looks exactly like the actor I kind of I've swapped out like older figures for the newer ones that look more like you know the because of the digital print or whatever like what is is it is it likeness for you or is it what is there any particular like aspect of figures that draw your attention it is likeness first sculpt second articulation third um I can deal 
with not having it fully articulated. That's, I mean, I like having an articulated figure, but I'm both a statue and a articulated guy. Mm -hmm. I'm perfectly fine with both because when it comes to likeness, it's more visually appealing to me. Mm -hmm. um, I guess um, a little background on me, because I, 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 I guess you can call me an artist in a way, because I used to draw a lot. I, I did a lot of comic book drawing when I was a kid and into high school and into college. But I, um, I mean, we'll talk about it later. I was going to get into it. I mean, you're also a customizer and, you know, you build dioramas. So I wanted to talk about that, but for sure. Yeah, I totally consider you an artist. I've been, I've been on your Instagram. Dude. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it is likeness first. I mean, take, for example, Mattel's wrestling line. Uh, I mean, I love WWE um, and new AEW, but I could not get into it when they just did the regular sculpts. The mm. moment they started doing digital face printing, I just wanted to buy it because it looked just like the character or the, the wrestler. Right. One. I was always confused about Mattel because like when they had the DC license, you know, and, and I understand because I, I know some friends who work there, like the, the WWE group was different from the DC group, but like, it's the same freaking company. How could like the WWE figures look so great? And like the DC multiverse figures look so shitty. Like, couldn't you just like share tips with one another? You know what I mean? Because really? I hated those like Mattel. Like, because honestly, DC Universe uh, classics is what really brought me back like hardcore. Uh, I was always a collector, I, you know, back in the 90s, I think. Ever since the 90s, uh, Power of the Force. I've said this on this show before. Like, I use my brother as an excuse to kind of buy like those batman forever figures and like power of the force <laughs> figures but like really it was for me but i said it's for my little brother but then you know like 2009 2010 like when dc when mattel was doing those dc figures and then they kicked in with the dc uc i was like all in ever since then i was like full on i will collect everything uh six particularly six and seven inch figures mm -hmm. but you know as mattel kind of like aged in the license some of the stuff they were putting out like their batman versus superman figures were like god awful like their suicide squad figures were shit you know i was just like why are they so bad compared and then that's when wwe started doing like the face print and like had like rocky look like the rock you know what i mean like stone cold look like stone cold how could ben affleck's head sculpt be so terrible when you have the same people on staff who were like pumping out these awesome figures for the wwe line yeah, they were they were bad. I mean, and I I wasn't a multiverse person. Um, I remembered when, geez, I remember when those those DC universe figures. Those, is that the one with the yellow? Yeah, card in a way. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember when they were um in stores. Yeah. But what's funny is that even though I wasn't collecting back then, I always saw characters that I had no idea who they were. Right. <laughs> on, on the pegs. I'm like, who is this person? Why? And I've never heard of them from the DC universe. And I, I from that, from their sculpts there, I mean, the sculpts look pretty good. Yeah. Um, but then when I, after that, it became that, what is it? The, the blue box of DC multiverse. Mm -hmm. And no matter what, as much as I love DC, I could not buy those figures. Yeah. It just, did not look right to me. No, I mean there was it was a like those that first few waves when it was still DCUC, I loved them. I mean, it was very reminiscent of superpowers, right? I mean, that's what they they kind of went as deep as superpowers did back in the 80s. And I okay. think that's what I, I liked about it. It was kind of like you know how three and three quarter Joes are now classified, you know, three and three quarter Star Wars are now black series. It was like three and three quarter superpowers are now six inch multiverse, right? And I loved mm -hmm. the line and and they, they weren't articulate great but like the sculpt was awesome you had all these to your point deep cut dc characters in the line i, I didn't collect all of them like to, like you i was like i don't know who the fuck this is i, didn't, I don't need this in my collection <laughs> i totally cherry picked but i think it was even before it went to the blue box when it when it went to the red box that was around bvs like the quality oh, yeah. just took a dive like do you remember yeah. the gal gadot wonder woman figure that they put Ooh. out definitely i remember I you remember got gal gadot like i think a hot toy behind you like 
it's yeah. night and day from like the shit Mattel put out. My old hunts, when I started doing toy hunts and I would always see those, the red box. Yeah. Um, I looked at them like, because <laughs> then I I used Marvel Legends as a comparison because yeah. you see the MCU figures and I'm like, these look great. And they were sculpted. They weren't even using the digital. Right, the older MCU figures were still good. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this, this doesn't look like the actors. And, oh, <laughs> God, don't get me started on the Harley Quinn one from when they made the multiverse figure. Oh, yeah. Like, what in the hell is this? It's not, it, it just, it didn't appeal to me. I understood. Oh, we have a Harley Quinn. Oh, it's from Suicide Squad. But because of the way it looked, it just turned me off. I was yeah. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So I knew they were shit because I was like, I, I, and even though I bought a couple of them, mm-hmm. I would instantly regret it because I'm, a, you know, I'm an impulsive guy. It's like, well, it's Batman. I can't not buy it. You know what I mean? But okay, as soon as I, I brought it home and it was just like, you know, Ben Affleck's, the, the eyes were just painted so terribly. Um, but yeah those were some lean times but again the the quality has taken such a huge turn just in the last few years um do you is there a line that you don't currently collect that you kind of wish you did um i guess right now mafex or mafex uh just because i'm more heavily into the comic book inspired yeah yeah, I got the Hush Batman. That's the only Mafex figure I have. And okay. it's the one with the giant ass cape. Like, oh, yeah. The Jim Lee. The Jim Batman. Lee. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I, I don't have any. Um, and as I, I remembered, I pre ordered from AmiAmi. Uh, and then it just came to uh, a reality shock of, uh oh, September, August, September is coming up. And I have like, <laughs> so many pre-orders that are supposedly going to hit and i'm like i'm not going to be able to take care of this so <laughs> i was like i just canceled i think it was like five different mafix figures from ami ami i probably got blacklisted because they have this rule against canceling pre-orders oh even though you don't pay you don't put a deposit it was just like you you made us put something on hold but it wasn't even out yet they didn't <laughs> why and, this, and that's the problem with mafix too is like that shit they put the pre-order and it's like three years before it even comes out. Right. So that's, that's the thing. I was like, well, it's, I, I can't do it. I, I was like, you know what? Cut it off. It didn't even start. I didn't even start anything with it. So we'll just leave it at that. Well, you know, Mafex is a, like I said, I only have the hush figure, but that was another line that I think in the beginning, especially a few, like five or six years ago, again, I get around BVS. I think the quality control, was really bad because like my thing my problem with mafex in the beginning was i didn't want to pay a hundred dollars for a figure that falls apart when you touch it you know that's true and i think the qc issues have been have improved because you know the, the hush batman has been fine but yeah i'm still hesitant to buy like mafex i have a bunch of sh figure arts dc figures uh but the mafex yeah it was only the hush one was the only one that got me over the line you know like I, I had to get that one but i still haven't invested in a lot of apex figures sure. and i have figure arts too i i remember i used to have uh deadshot because yeah. that was a great Will smith likeness yeah, for, yeah um but then it was just the scale yeah he was <laughs> way bigger than everybody else <laughs> me. I, was like, oh, I can't and then, and then i couldn't i couldn't get a hold of like the harley quinn or the joker at the time because they were so popular mm-hmm. So it was like, I got to let this go because there's no way I'm going to start figuring out how to collect this one. Um, <laughs> Dragon Ball figures, yes, I, I enjoyed right. that. So um, going back to what brought you back, and you said you were in the, you know, in the 80s and 90s, you were into like heavy into G.I. Joe and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. What was it about like those two lines? And again, those are your like foundational toy lines, right? What was it about those two particular properties that appealed to you? Oh, it's it's the it's the show. It's the cartoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I got to I got to watch him all the time. Uh, hell, I even recorded them on VHS. <laughs> you had like stacks of VHS tapes. <laughs> I did. 
um i i did the same thing with the x-men uh what was funny is that i was so good at recording pressing that record button to not record the commercials you were you were a dvr before dvrs existed right Correct. i find <laughs> my vcr so well to hit record within that 20 second time frame of when i knew the show would come back <laughs> so bad. no that's awesome I used to brag like when I was a kid, I could tell time but what show was on TV. It was like, you know, Heathcliff's on, it must be 3.30, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. It must be difficult for you today if, as a Turtles fan, because there's just so much Turtles stuff. Like, do you feel like you have to collect all of it? Or are you just like, maybe I'll do Super 7, but not NECA, or I'll do Playmates, but not, you know what I mean? Like just... Right. I've never seen a property that's just got so many licenses out there. That's just like, there's just so much turtle shit out there. That's the funny thing. As heavy as I was in the turtle, and I had a lot of Ninja Turtles. I had a lot of the vehicles. I had the sewer play set. Um, it, my collection was amazing until <laughs> no longer is. Um, but I don't collect any of it now. Yeah. That's, I can understand that though. I, because I was so late into it. Um, when NECA started doing it, uh, first of all, I couldn't find it. Yeah. So that, that was just one issue. Um, and then it got so deep into it that I was like, and I think it was also price point mm. because they sold them in two packs also. Um, like a, like Target was the only yeah. place where they got the original Toon style turtles. And I remember seeing them on the shelf, but I was like, I can't pay 53 bucks. <laughs> right. I can afford the, the $20 ones over there, Marvel Legends. But I'm like, I, I and especially it was like talking to the wife and be like, hey, can I buy this? <laughs> uh, but I once once I passed it, I I guess I never looked back because yeah. newer stuff, newer figures started coming out with them. And I'm like. There's no way I'm going to catch up to this. So is that the like is that the decision point? Is it like price? Is it like uh, I got I got into it too late, so it's just too much to catch up on? Like because you know to your point about like and that's also a price thing, I guess. Going on eBay or going on the second market to yeah. find like the older figures to fill in gaps is like might as well not do it because they're just so so expensive. Well, that's what was so crazy. I think um, for me, I was a completionist. And that's the key where I was yeah, right. <laughs> because when it came to legends, when I first got that rogue legend, I was like, Oh, there's a whole set. You had to I build would, juggernaut, man. <laughs> I would feel like crap that something was missing and I would collect. And, and I guess I started collecting legends at an amazing time because they were all over Ross Marshall's TJ Maxx. I started mm. buying all of them on clearance and I collected so many waves that really didn't appeal to me, but it was the mere fact that I, oh, it's like, I finished the wave. I got it all. And I only and paid like five bucks a pop for him or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and when it came down to Turtles, just as an example from what you were talking about for NECA, I, it was kind of like, I would love to get them, but I had already started my hole down Legends and Black Series. So adding on to this new one was kind of like, can I really do it? So yes, mm -hmm. price point does have a factor on it because how else am I going to fund it? And I, and there's, there, there, there's a big factor with, with finances on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, trust me. Like that's every collector that's listening to this right now is like, yeah, I feel you. <laughs> like yep. the, their wallet is, uh, is the, is the, taking a lot of abuse, uh, especially nowadays. Cause again, they're just, so many lines so many uh, companies and so much product out there that's just it's hard to keep track of everything well the other property that was your childhood foundation you do collect uh, in 2021 and that's gi joe what why did you decide to hop on the classified train and not the turtles train because you know classified talk about hard to find like at least in the in the first year of the line that shit was like one of your like most popular videos is like, look, I found GI Joe figures on the shelves. Yeah. So like, <laughs> it was like, I mean, really difficult, impossible to find to this day. Like when I, now I see like the snake eyes wave or like 
Lady J at Target like every day. And it just blows my mind to see something in the wild. But what was it about G.I. Joe that just made you decide like, yeah, I got to get back into this? I love G.I. Joe a whole lot more. G.I. Joe was huge to me. Uh, those O-ring figures that I had, um, the vehicles that I had, uh, I guess it was just their aesthetic. The aesthetic of this codenamed character that had this crazy style of dress up. I, I, and then the weapons that they had, because there's so many different weapons just from the original figures. And then here's Hasbro creating the classified line. And it was like, oh my goodness. And it, 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 it had that, it, it was the same again, mm. but just a bigger scale and a more detailed more modern type of look and i didn't i didn't mind that i liked it i liked mm. the modern look um if they gave you a classic look fine by all means go ahead and do it i'm gonna i'll probably get it and i think it was just the whole aesthetic of this older gi joe line into a more modernized more i guess accessible scale that i could utilize with other parts of my collection because it is like a it's a military aspect of the figure i can utilize it it just i, I guess gi joe was always so much fun to watch it yeah. was incredible including the movie I, I i loved the movie when it first the the movie was funny because i thought duke died i didn't hear her say coma <laughs> I like, oh, well i think that was the original plan and so like Hasbro was like, oh, we just traumatized a generation of children when we killed Optimus. Let's not kill Duke. Let's uh, get the actor to the ADR line that he's just in a coma because because they were uh, we, we were not repeating the Optimus Prime debacle right. again. Right. Well, and but G.I. Joe classified was also like that was the first time and and I hope no one's listening to this that that has any connection to our finances. But that was the first time in a long time that I was like, I'm going to fuck it. I will just go to eBay and buy that damn Cobra Trooper because no one is finding it anywhere. (laughs) And I dropped, you know, I I basically put it this way. I paid Mafex money for for a freaking Cobra Trooper. Cobra Island Trooper. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, man. No, I I was dedicated. I went out like every day, if not every other day to hunt every figure down which i have and i think the only figure that i have not seen in stores was a cobra viper never seen it i actually had friends that were able to find them and then i was i paid them the i paypal them to send it to me (laughs) and and that was and and to, to be honest as as um my viewers that watched they reached out to me and i couldn't thank them enough for reaching out to me because i i i was not expecting someone to be like hey i found one do you want it i'm like yeah (laughs) can you please yeah i'll paypal you right now (laughs) that's the best like you know fringe benefit of having a youtube channel and and viewers right like people reaching out and sending you stuff that they can find because it it can and and as humbling as it is for them to offer it for free i it's so hard to accept because like no look let me paypal you that's you didn't have to do stuff like that um and i had received stuff before but this gi joe line i like i get excited about it when I hear that the new figures are coming out and then I get excited about it, of course, on our Facebook groups, when someone found something, I'm like, you're done, <laughs> kidding me. And then I have to go all nuts trying to go and find it somewhere. And of course that's like, oh, that's good content for me if I am able to find it and I can just put it up on YouTube. <laughs> there was a whole genre of like toy hunt videos on YouTube. It's like, like you said, it's a niche. Yeah. And, you know, I've never had the, like, inkling to kind of record myself shopping like i just have too much self-consciousness around it but like the hunt itself i like like you i go on hunts like you know first thing in the morning i'll hit the target i hit the walmart and to your point like seeing things in the wild like there are moments where i wish i had a camera on me that i was like like i found the viper at a target on like sitting just by itself i want to share it with the world but but then i'm too self-conscious like when did you decide that like 
because you know the hunt is something that you do like i want to tape myself doing this and put it on youtube for like thousands of people to watch like what made that decision so um i have two kids when i first started doing youtube they might have been like i want to say like six and four and they but the boy and a girl one loves shopkins and the other one loves roblox mm-hmm. immensely loves roblox so whenever we go to a store we always go to the toy section i'll go look at my stuff and they'll go look <laughs> at their stuff. so out of nowhere um i guess i was what like my kids would watch youtube because i guess as what kid doesn't have like an ipad that's or right. their parents phone watching youtube or something like that i mean kids don't so, do your like like our child no one watches regular tv no, like recording no. cartoons everyone's watching youtube they don't so when i stumbled across like one of their when they were watching someone in a store like maybe at a target just filming what they were looking oh yeah it was there was a lot of like those family shows that they just watch and they would just be walking around the, the toy store and filming it i'm like that's pretty easy. I, <laughs> I we do that all the time. Why, why do you got to watch someone else want to do it? Um, and then I, I stumbled across, of course, Cincy. I stumbled across Cincy. And he did it. And he had his girls with him, too. And I'm like, hey, we could do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Cincy was the inspiration? Cincy was the inspiration. Nice. Because he collected what I collected. Mm-hmm. Um, and his girls, it's funny because her his girls love Shopkins too. Um, so I actually started a channel before my Archie channel, um, which was called Family Toy Hunt. And it was fine for what it was. It probably I probably had like less than a hundred subscribers, but for the mere fact it was fun for me and my kids to do it. Right. It was awkward because you had me as an adult collector showing my haul. And then, hey, here's my kid showing little Shopkins and robot. <laughs> so it's kind of like my audience was kind of confused. Of like, what am I watching? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but that was it. Since he was my inspiration, that's how it started. I, I unfortunately killed the Family Toy Hunt channel and just dedicated it just to me. Because, <laughs> well, first of all, Kappa came about. Well, yeah, I was about to say, like, there's that whole kids <laughs> on YouTube thing. Yep. So that that was it since he since he was one of the first like youtubers i watched to 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 kind of just know that this is a this is a thing like because i like i said earlier like i i fall asleep just watching toy hunt video like my wife will come into the living room sometimes and go like you're watching other people shopping like what i don't understand what you're doing i'm like yeah basically that's what i'm doing weird (laughs) voyeurism type of thing where (laughs) we just want to watch someone else do do what we do or we we have this um but there's a familiarity yeah right but there's also familiarity it's like one targets all look the same no matter where you are like the the shelves are kind of arranged the same way so it's like you kind of i find myself kind of like doing this trying to look behind the, the 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 pegs Yep. And then forgetting like, oh, I'm, I'm watching a television. And then, but like, because you're just so used to like, that's an experience. You're kind of like living vicariously. And to me, it's interesting to see like, what are on the pegs in Texas? What are on the pegs in Ohio? What are on the pegs in like all these other places? Because collecting too is so regional. Like things that are available everywhere here where I am may not be available at all where you are, right? And right. that's just a kind of, that's another thing that's interesting as a as a collector no you're right you're right because it's funny i i recently met uh, a good friend now uh a, a youtuber now of course but i met him through instagram um disavowed action figures and he lives an hour away from me but his youtube toy hunts i swear to god <laughs> he finds everything all the time first it's like his stores are in constant restock <laughs> my stores 
I get something once a month and I, I can't, yeah. like, I can't keep up. And I was like, I am so proud of his, um, his, uh, accomplishments through YouTube because he's <laughs> growing and growing and growing. So it's really cool. But me and him talk like nearly every day. So it's really cool. You know, it's really funny that like, you know, with all the, like the supply chain issues affecting like the rest of the world and then people complaining about not being able to find things in stores. I'm like, I'm so used to this as a toy collector. Like it's like distribution yeah. problems has been a, a thing like for years for us. It's like, it's not even no skin off my teeth to hear about supply chain issues. Cause like, if you're a toy collector, you know, distribution is like the worst part of any toy company. Really bad. And as, as much as I, um, for my YouTube channel, if I wanted to, if I wanted to try to get as much content as possible in the past, in the years past, I used to have a lot of content um, because of me going, like when I go to work, I go to lunch and I can hit like five stores within my lunch break. <laughs> and I, that, that's enough. Con and I can do that Monday through Friday, which back then I used to have so much content. And of course I was able to find stuff because how can I not miss them unloading a truck and <laughs> having all the new stuff out? Nowadays, I don't, I work from home now. So yeah. I only go out like maybe once or twice a week. And if that were the case, like what did I miss that was already here that <laughs> I don't know about? So that's yeah. why I don't own as much stuff anymore. And then I feel like nowadays so many stores just don't have a regular like restock schedule no. either. Like it's just it's just random, you know, one day it's empty, the next day. It's like some things are on the pegs and then the day after that it's empty again, right? Like it's just, it's hard to, to kind of catch the, but again, that's what makes it a hunt. That's what makes it a hunt. Yeah. <laughs> because the internet has also made it easier to like actually get the things, right? Like pre-ordering on Big Bad or Entertainment Earth has, mm -hmm. has kind of like made hunting less uh, necessary. But at the same time, I still, I kind of prefer seeing like a figure in the wild and kind of almost wishing I bought it when it was in the wild. Right. Cause like going back to classified now I see Cobra commander and lady J everywhere, but you know, I bought those off internet stores like a long time ago. Right. But something about like seeing it in the wild, I almost kind of want to just buy it just to say I bought it off the peg. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like no, no one, it doesn't make any difference ultimately, but it kind of does to me. You're right. I mean, I, I pre-order, I, I, I pre-order everywhere that I can. But it's the I I also go and hunt, and if I find it first, it's kind of like yeah. oh, I get to get to my pre-order. Pre <laughs> That's what's so crazy. It's kind of like I I, I pre-ordered for a reason, and yet I'm not one of the first people yeah. to have. It. <laughs> Where what's with this distribution? Yeah, how is sure. it? That, how is it that the stores have it and are able to put it out? If if that. But yet, Big Bad, Entertainment Earth, hell, Hasbro Pulse, <laughs> I don't get it till like a month, maybe three months later, um, which uh, I'm sure it, it drove you nuts, but find everyone buying that Alley Viper and Bat on Walmart like a month and a half ago. Yeah, like I didn't even know that was out, right? Like it was like I thought it was until 2022, and all of a sudden it's on that Walmart. Yeah. That's the problem. Whoever whoever that smart man was that just kind of deep dive through the search of walmart and saw that special code of g-i-j-c-s satellite <laughs> who the hell comes up with that <laughs> find it and it, there's no picture of it it just says the hasbro logo when during that time it was up it just has the hasbro and they just like you know what let's buy five of this and five of that yeah. see what comes out and of course it's the alley fiper in a bat well and that goes back to to the problems with classified last year where you know like target even though they had pre-orders because of bots because of ai or whatever like right, scalpers right. were like they were the reasons why no one could buy any yeah. cobra island stuff it's just because again the internet that makes it easier to buy stuff actually made it harder for folks who didn't have like the technology to just kind of like scoop up the entire pre-order and i don't i still to this day not understand how you can sell out of a pre-order because this isn't the whole point of pre-ordering to let the like distributor know oh 
we need to make a thousand available because a thousand people want it rather than like we're only making five i mean i get it if it's like you go in saying it's going to be limited but like a mass market thing should not be sold out in pre-order as far I agree. as i'm concerned i agree because if you if you allot yourself let's just say three hundred thousand units but then you got pre-orders up to four hundred thousand then he's like okay we need to make some more yeah it shouldn't be that hard (laughs) either that or just close off the pre-order yeah this much but yeah i agree i agree um so i i mentioned earlier that you know anyone who's been on the rg instagram has seen that you don't only hunt and unbox and collect you also customize and create dioramas you know you you were humbly saying you're kind of an artist but uh what what got you into that aspect of of the toy collecting hobby so i was very interested in toy photography um i do everything off of my iphone i don't have any special camera (laughs) dslr whatnot Uh, (laughs) i try to do my best on what i already have um i think it's because as much as I could utilize better, uh, I, I could have better equipment. I was like, oh, but I could buy this figure next month. So, <laughs> That's priority. So it's priority. Uh, I was more, uh, the toy photography aspect was just like, these look really cool, but I'm not good at like Photoshop. So I want to try and make it as authentic as possible without having to like remove like a, a figure stand or you know, mm-hmm. just try to do something uh but there was a part of me that's kind of like i look at all these people's um photographs and everything deals with lighting which i'm starting to get a hang of it but i'm <laughs> not there yet um and of course everyone has a diorama and i was like what let me I, I i've used i i remember watching diorama videos like how-to videos and there's some amazing diorama artists that put up like basic fundamental videos on youtube and i watched them i was like that seems pretty simple i could practically imitate that and i say that in my head imitate because as a sketch artist i can just look at something and just kind of copy it like i can uh what is it? photographic memory on a piece of paper and i could like just draw right. it. so uh when using foam or styrofoam or any kind of plastic that could create a form of accessory, I was like, I want to try it. And I did. And I tried out my first. And it's kind of like one of the most used diorama that I have. It's kind of like that warehouse thing. Uh, and I love it. And I try to do more. I'm still working on more. There's some kind of behind me right here. So that is just a lot of fun to do. But my biggest one was all the like fire and flame effects. Yeah. That I, I Which came in of, perfect for barbecue when uh, barbecue came out oh uh, from the yeah. classified. Uh, oh, I got this perfect thing. I have this cool idea. <laughs> um, and I wanted to just try different uh, explosions because I wanted to see how it would work out considering G.I. Joe was a factor of it. I was like, I need, what can I do with GI? Because I can't just have them walk, play with their weapons or just aim (laughs) and shoot. I want to have some kind of effect that's going to show something that that they did. Uh, So GI Joe was a big inspiration to creating these flame and fire effects uh, or explosion effects. They're still being tweaked too. I'm still trying to figure out different sculpting methods, but most of that stuff is is just cotton. Oh, wow. It's all kind. Uh, why do I not have any here? Well, <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, once I started doing that, I put up some shots. Uh, Just Jay Hernandez hit me up. I was like, hey, can I, uh, if I'm ever selling, uh, let him know. I was like, I'm not selling. I Honestly, if you want me to send you something, I'll definitely send you something because I'm just trying to get a feel for this right now. And if I want to sell down the road, I will sell down the road. Sent him some. He kind of blew up because when Jay put it on his live stream, 
uh, he kind of spammed the crap out of me. And all <laughs> the people started messaging me. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> Let me see what I could work, come up with and work with. So there, I've had a few customers, which is amazing. Um, and I appreciate the work um, or the photography that they did on their Instagram. So it's really cool to see, I guess, my artwork yeah. showcased. Uh, and I love it. I think it's cool. I, I've created some new stuff uh, and I'm hoping uh, it can kind of get some traction for some other people. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of like the under heralded aspect of the collecting community is like, like something like that, right? Like Jay, who's got a big following on YouTube, like yeah. just kind of like boosted you like that, you know what I mean? And, and you know, we, we talked about Cincy Nerd earlier, like a lot of these kind of like YouTube toy personalities, they're, they are a community. They all kind of like look out for each other and, and just random folks who are like buying, who find things in their stores, you know, will send folks, you know, stuff to their PO boxes. And it's just a really cool kind of like community to be part of, honestly, because oh, we all have the same, we all have the same likes, we all have the same, you know, interests and, you know, there's no judging. There's, I mean, there's some shitty people, but then you kind of ignore them and like, you know, just connect with the folks who who you kind of vibe with right and that's kind of that's what's that's what's kind of cool and necessary especially in these like you know virtual pandemic times when it's hard to kind of get in person i know that you recently ventured out to new york comic-con again after a couple year hiatus due to the pandemic what was that like just kind of like being around people again was it was a pretty subdued nycc or was it kind of like pretty it was, busy it was subdued um it was, it's unfortunate. Uh, I still enjoyed the hell out of it. Just for the mere fact that it's like, oh my God, I get to go to a convention. Uh, I get to go to a Comic-Con convention. Um, and of course it is the New York one, which I've been frequently going to for quite some time. Um, the difference between me going is that I actually um, volunteer for Read Pop to work. Oh, wow. Com- That's cool. So luckily, um, I have an in <laughs> um, to work any of the any of the read pop shows. So hopefully everything goes well and I'll be going to Star Wars Celebration over in Anaheim next year. Nice. And I get paid for it. So read pop pays you to be a volunteer to help out where where needed. Um, but it's always you're always selected. It all depends on how right. you know, previous experience. So I've been fortunate that I've had previous experience with this stuff. Um, but it was subdued for the mere fact that many of the exhibitors, all the companies that typically frequent it, did not go. So it looked like this. It it looked empty in a way mm. because you you normally would want you normally would see those big name companies for example Marvel and DC to be there and take up this huge floor space but they wasn't there so it was as if these other companies had to spread out mm. and kind of make it look full and they created all these different parts of their booth to have this interactivity. But unfortunately, you could just, you know, you visually see it. That is just like, it's lacking. And that's the difference between like New York and San Diego. Because like, you know, San Diego recently relaunched their kind of quote unquote special edition a couple weeks ago. And it was very subdued. It it didn't look, I mean, anyone's ever been to San Diego Comic-Con knows it's a madhouse. But San Diego started out as like a small comic book convention. And that, you know, some of the people I've talked to since then said like, this was very reminiscent of like the old school San Diego Comic-Con. But the oh. thing about New York is that like New York was huge ever since it launched in 2009, right? Like yeah. it launched at the peak of like Comic-Cons and it was, it, New York has never been a subdued show. So I can only imagine like Javits Center being like half empty it was just weird. It, it was, um, uh, it was, it was still, fun as an employee as well as a guest uh there was still a lot of things to do they had panels for all kinds of stuff including ghostbusters and plus javits yeah. is they built that whole new building right so 
there's a huge auditorium in there um but it was it, it was wild we could, just for the mere fact that you didn't see who you would normally see there yeah i mean it was fine i guess it was a good start it was a good start for the crappy year that it, it was going to be and i mean and plus of all things it was new york because i know new york had a lot of restrictions yeah so a lot of exhibitors also unfortunately due to new york's restrictions they just felt as if it wasn't a good fit for their staff to be a part of those restrictions so they just opted out to not exhibit yeah so i mean hopefully you know we we do kind of turn the corner and and you know unicron doesn't uh <laughs> follow omicron and, and destroy the earth but uh but the last the last thing i did want to ask you about is uh you know we, we talked about earlier like what lines do you wish you collected but the one question I like to ask everyone is, what is the one figure, line, piece that is still your holy grail? The thing that oh, that you've never had a chance to get, the, the one that got away. And you can't say the USS flag, because like that's what everybody says. Yeah. <laughs> no one no one can ever get the flag. Um, I never even knew of the USS flag. <laughs> but yeah, is there a piece that like this, that's the, if I can get this one thing, I'm done. I don't have to collect it. Oh, I'm done. So it's not a piece where it says I'm good. <laughs> like that's the last know. thing I ever need to collect. It's so, good so Lord. special. Uh, well, that might be too much. It don't have to like be the, the end all, but like, you know, the, what, what's your Holy grail? Yeah. Um, right now it's more so a statue. It's a mm -hmm. sideshow premium format statue so if you guys are familiar with that if you're familiar with that uh, they're like these maybe two feet tall statues right they're so big um, but there is a a rogue and a gambit sideshow premium format statues i think they run between six to seven hundred dollars they're beautiful i don't think rogue is even available anymore Mm. that's that's also the problem i think uh because of uh how many were made it's extremely limited now or it's just it's gone it's <laughs> i'd have to find it somewhere else gambit might still be available but having those two pieces would be incredible and there's right. other x-men characters on, on with the statue side but when it comes to that sculpt and the detail of a statue, I would love that. Well, and it, it would be a perfect bookend, right? Because Rogue is what got you back into collecting. And right? Rogue would be the yeah. one that like ended it if you were able to find it. <laughs> like even, even along with lines with statues, I mean, I don't know if you've seen them before, but I think it was uh, Infinity Studios. Have you ever heard of them? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, where they make those lifelike busts yeah from the dc eu they did one of course with ben affleck henry cavill gal gadot and and they look beautiful and they use that like that silicone mm -hmm. mold of to have that lifelike skin it's ridiculous yeah yeah wow when it comes to those types of statues i'm just like my god <laughs> how can someone pay like uh, close to two thousand dollars plus for stuff stuff like that like i don't know if you can even collect anything else and, right. and we're middle-aged people you know? i mean that's like, kind of like my problem is just like thinking about space as much as i want to back like Haslab stuff like i have nowhere to put it like i really wanted to back the sky striker i didn't care so much for the rancor <laughs> like nobody did clearly but the sky striker was something i was like man i didn't even know i wanted something like that like i was hoping that the gi joe has lab would be a classified thing yes but then as cool as it looked i was like i might be into that but then i'm like where the fuck am i gonna put it i have nowhere to put like big pieces like that i mean this is and like you know i'm sure you know as as middle-aged men with families it's kind of like you can have your stuff as long as it's over there. It can't be in the living room or the kitchen or, and it's like, okay, I have to, even, even my, like, I have like the one detolf and, and I, I, I have to like swap out my displays. I can't just display everything. Right. Like, it's just like, all right, I'm going to just like 
for now, I'm just going to have like Wakanda be on my shelf. So I'm going to put all my Doge Milaje and I'm going to put all my Black Panthers. And like, all right, I'm, I, I just, I, you know, I really liked Eternals. I was like the only person who liked Eternals. So I like took out all my Wakanda display and just replaced them with the Eternals, right? Like I'm just kind of like have to swap things out and keep things in bins until they're ready to be on display. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know what to do about space. That's my biggest problem is that like space is just a, a premium at this point. Space is definitely a factor. When I going, you're right about the striker. As great <laughs> as that is, I did not get it. Yeah. Because I think I'm done with three and three quarter. Mm. I'm like, I don't need that. I mean, as much as a display piece that it could be, I don't have a display spot right. or something like that. Although I will make room for my Sentinel. Mm-hmm. and my Galactus, because the <laughs> most Marvel Legends as I have, those I I, I definitely wanted. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back. But space, so here's the thing about space. I realized that I can't collect everything. And that's, <laughs> that's the thing. And I realized that over time, the hype of a figure or collectible that I've purchased has dwindled down so much that I don't care for it anymore. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my collection is just a constant recycle. Yeah. I am constantly selling the old in order to fund the new. Yeah. 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 It's so weird that I'm able to let go of certain pieces in order for me to enjoy the new, the new shiny toy. <laughs> well, let me, let me put a twist on that question I asked you then. Is there a piece in your current collection that will never be parted with? Like, oh yes. What's the what's the like what's the most prized piece in the collection? I will show you. Let me grab it. Okay. Because <laughs> you know it's always like, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite child? Right. But uh, yeah, right. But, but you're able to be like, no, I I can totally tell you who my favorite kid is. <laughs> and he's a artist opening up the detolf suspense for those of you who are listening right what is the what is the piece can you see oh, it? it's a supergirl is that a michael turner supergirl oh right. something fell something fell down all right so this once i put it back <laughs> This is a Michael Turner Supergirl statue. Yeah. My wife bought this for me back in college. Oh, wow. Um, so it's got sentimental value as much it's as got anything else. Sentimental value. And of all things, it's got sentimental value because of um, Michael Turner was one of my favorite artists. Rest in peace. Oh, yes, exactly. So I'm, it's funny because I, he, with his um, Aspen comics, I frequented uh, Wizard World Philadelphia mm-hmm. all the time, just because that's that's the Comic-Con that's near me. Right. Um, so he was there every year, every year. And he was there even after his surgery. Mm-hmm. That's how incredible it was. Um, and I, I went to the panels. I have so much of his stuff that I've collected that were autographed because I was like, no matter what, he was an amazing artist as well as an amazing person. Um, and then my wife found this collectible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, it was from that run of Batman and Superman, but he did all of the work. He did all of the cover work and he did all the inside work as well. So when he did Supergirl, I was like, oh my God, look at this. This yeah, yeah. is beautiful. And I don't think I would ever part ways with this one. That is just, uh, this was amazing, especially for my wife to right. get it for me when we were in college. I was like, oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Art, thank you so much for, for being on the show and sharing your collecting history and your collecting story with those of us on Shelf Conscious. Uh, for any listener or watcher right now who wants to get more art g stuff in their eyeballs where can they find you on instagram and and on youtube 
So on Instagram, you can find me at artg underscore collection. Uh, of course, you'll see everything that I've been trying to do there from my artwork, toy photography work, as well as any toy hauls that I might come up <laughs> with, uh, as well as on YouTube, you can find me at artg. Just type in artg. It's funny because if you Google artg, I'm the first person that comes up for some weird ass reason. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, you 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 solved the SEO there. Oh, right. So yes, uh, any toy hunts or toy hauls or anything about just toy collecting. And I might throw in a review here and there. You can find me at RG on YouTube. And we'll put all of the links in the description below. So please click on them, check out art stuff. He's an amazing artist and uh, video uh, YouTuber. I was gonna say video person. YouTuber, yeah. YouTuber is what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> and is that is that weird too to think like i am a youtuber is that have you because have, it it's like weird. to your to your point like your kids like all all kids want to grow up to be youtubers and like hey your dad's a youtuber <laughs> yeah. right, my, my daughter's so weird because when she watches youtube a lot and of course everything she does now it's like she narrates yeah like, you don't have to talk. <laughs> it's like she's narrating to inform people like inform her audience i'm like right I right <laughs> it's a youtube generation man well again thanks so much art for being on my youtube show and uh again uh it's been such a such a pleasure to talk to you thanks you too man appreciate it